0: Welcome to the Newson Health Menopause Podcast. I'm Dr. Louise Newson, a GP and menopause specialist, and I run the Newson Health Menopause and Wellbeing Centre here in Stratford-upon-Avon. Today, I have Saskia Gravel from empoweredwomen.net, who I'm not sure how I met actually. We'll we'll maybe talk about how we met, but I've been liaising and frantically emailing to over the last few months. So, hi, Saskia. Hello, I'm really pleased that you're here. I'm very pleased to be here. So, up until uh, probably a couple of years ago, before I started my clinic, I had very little contact with journalists and I've Played a little bit with the media on and off in the past about various GP related issues. But when I sat in a conference two years ago, it was a big International Menopause Society conference. I sat there listening to very clever people, far more clever than me, talking about the ins and outs of menopause care, talking a lot about how safe HRT is. And I sat there thinking, actually, I don't think women are hearing these stories and I wonder why and there is a lot of scaremongering going on and there still is about HRT so I thought rather than being another clever doctor doing lots of research which I'm not I thought right I'm going to try and play with the media and empower women through getting really good journalists on board. So Saskia is one of those journalists who I have met and engaged with and she's been doing some really inspirational work for women which we will discuss. So before we talk about what you're doing now Saskia, just talk a bit about what you've done in the past and your background. I was
1: the deputy editor at Red magazine. Mm. I've been a journalist all my career, always worked in magazines and newspapers and when I was at Red, I'm ashamed to say we never wrote about the menopause. Which is
0: quite something, isn't it? So I remember buying it as a student thinking it was quite grown up because it was not quite Marie Claire, different to Cosmopolitan, and I thought, wow, this is really grown up and but it was it's what was, what's its target readership? So it's, it's
1: aimed at what it calls middle youth, mm. which is this idea of women in their 30s and 40s yes. and older.
0: Yeah.
1: And we're growing up without growing old was the original okay. premise of it. And I think that's still a brilliant way of thinking about midlife. And it's, it's a brilliant magazine, still is, deals with all sorts of things and deals with health absolutely brilliantly. Yes. Things have changed now, and they have written a lot about menopause and perimenopause in recent years, but certainly when I was there, and I'll probably get harsh looks from any of my ex-colleagues as I say this, but we didn't want advertisers to think that our readers were old enough to be menopausal. So and that's interesting,
0: isn't it? Shocking. Mm. Well, I mean, it's
1: shocking in many ways. Firstly, because it's, you know, you shouldn't be thinking like that anyway, full stop, but also, I think it, it just exacerbates that myth that menopause is an older, inverted commas absolutely. issue. Yes. Whereas what it, what it failed to acknowledge was perimenopause, which was absolutely something that women reading red would have been experiencing. And it came to bite me in the bum, really, mm. because when I myself was perimenopausal in my late 40s, I had absolutely no, no idea.
0: I hadn't even heard of no, it.
1: Didn't, didn't know what it was. So, you know, yeah. I suppose there's a bit of divine retribution there.
0: Yeah, but it's interesting, isn't it? So, I think if I'd met you 10 years ago, I would have thought, well, there's no need for any menopause education because it's something that happens to us when we're older. And although, as a medic, I knew about. Lot about the menopause, but not nearly as much as I know now. I wasn't really in my radar the psychological impact of the perimenopause and menopause, and the way it really floors a lot of women. So I can see when you're young, you're doing magazine, it's all very dynamic, it's very, you know, you're wanting to empower women, and these women are strong women. Why would you think about the menopause? But if you'd gone back in time now, would, wouldn't it be different? Well I think now and and this is the sort of article
1: that they publish now and they've, and they've published stories on perimenopause and they get a huge response yes. because also it's allowing women to be honest and vulnerable about feeling anxious losing their confidence mm. having those daily feelings of foreboding which many of us go through when we're in the perimenopause years and And hopefully more women are realising what that is and what it's all about.
0: But certainly back when I was there, it wasn't something we ever covered. No. And for those of you that don't know, the perimenopause, so peri is just a medical term for around the time of menopause, as a lot of you know, is when you haven't had a period for a year. So even the menopause is a look back in time, retrospective diagnosis. So the perimenopause is when our Hormones start changing and um, because of the changing levels in hormones we often get symptoms and most women have changing periods either in nature or frequency. Some people can still have regular periods Um, and it often happens very gradually. It can occur for many years, sometimes five, even ten years before the menopause and um, uh, I'm ashamed to say that even I had symptoms and I had no idea what was happening to me. I thought I was just working too hard and I was really tired tired, really irritable, having worsening migraines, having night sweats, which is a really common symptom of the menopause and perimenopause, but I didn't even realise it was my hormones, which is shocking. It always makes me feel better, that story, <laughs> that even the great
1: Louise Lucent <laughs> did not know. No. I mean, I, I didn't know. I had the Mirena coil. Yes, yeah, so then so you weren't having periods. I wasn't having periods anyway, so that I didn't even have that as a clue. Mm. And I'd left Red after a long time there and actually had a career change into a big PR and communications agency. And I found myself at work having fight or flight mm. panic feelings, um, very tearful, not feeling I could cope, brain fog beyond anything I'd ever known. What did you think that was I happening? I, well, I thought I'd made the worst career mistake of my life. Nice. I, I simply thought that was it. it did not occur to me that it might be anything to do with the menopause. So what did you do? I eventually, after about a year of sobbing, went to see my GP, and I was very lucky that I had a good GP at that point who said, right, let's do a blood test. Right. And the blood test came back. And how old were you then? I was
0: 49. So she shouldn't have done a blood test, though. We came
1: back within menopause.
0: Yeah, but she still, you see, oh. this is what's really interesting, is it? So... The NICE guidance, as you know, the National Institute of Health and Care Excellence Guidelines in Diagnosis and Management of the Menopause, came out in November 2015. And they are still what we work towards. They don't need to be changed despite recent media scares. But they show that women over the age of 45 do not need a blood test to diagnose the menopause or perimenopause. And in fact, a staggering £9.2 million a year is wasted by these blood tests. So although women might find them useful, like you're saying, "Yes, it was useful," actually, think of all that money. We could build some really good menopause, NHS. G: Absolutely menopause to to that money. And the reason being is that the menopause and the perimenopause is a clinical diagnosis. It's not a biochemical diagnosis. It's not like trying to diagnose diabetes or underactive thyroid where you need a blood test, because hormones change, so you were almost lucky because your blood test was abnormal so that helped. Yes. But if you'd gone back another day, your hormone level might have been normal. And then you would have been like millions of other women and said, no, it's not your hormones, Saskia. it will be because of your job, because of your mm. whatever's going mm, on yeah. at home or at work or whatever. And that's when it's really misleading. Yeah, um, And we see loads of women who have been told, "Oh no, my blood tests are normal. Well, they will be normal at some times. Certainly, of the month, if you're perimenopausal because your periods mm. are changing. But if you're still having periods, you're still producing hormones. So there right. will be some times in your cycle with, where you have normal right. hormones. Well, actually,
1: the GP went downhill after that because the very nice GP left. Um, she gave me all the literature on HRT. Like many women, I had, you know paid too much attention to the scaremongering was worried about it had had breast cancer in the family so you were very scared about yourself I was scared of it and I wanted to speak to somebody in depth about Mm. it and at that point was told by my GP practice we don't have anyone here who is a women's health expert and I nearly said to them why would you it's just 50% of your patients why would you It took me four GP visits Mm. to eventually push for a referral Mm. to an NHS clinic. You
0: were lucky because you've gone to an
1: NHS menopause clinic. Well, I was lucky in that Mm. I'm able to be pushy. I had a job where I could take those four Mm. appointment visits. Um, I was confident enough to push for what I knew I needed Mm. And eventually sat down in front of an incredible consultant in a gynaecology clinic who completely put my mind at rest about HRT and she couldn't prescribe it to me fast enough. I couldn't take it fast enough and it sorted everything. But it was at that point that I thought, if it's this difficult for me, if I'm this ignorant and I've spent my life working in women's magazines, then this is a terrible state of affairs and something needs to be done about it. So that's why I launched Empowered Women.
0: Yeah, because it's, I mean, you're lucky because there is an NHS menopause clinic near you. Round here, as some of you might know, I can't get a job as an NHS menopause specialist because there are no clinics. And when I've approached two different um, CCGs, so the health authorities, they've said, no, it's not a priority for us, we're not going to do menopause, which is, disgusting it's, it's a Absolutely. scandal it's, it's, a it's scandal. really awful so um, there are a lot of women out there and I hear a lot through my um, social media of women who like you go back and forth to their GP and they're not getting the help but where do they go and we always say try and find a doctor who specialises in the menopause or women's health but um, to stick out for a lot of these doctors we don't get any training and no, um, no. some of the campaign work I'm doing with Diane Danzebrook as you know the hashtag make menopause Best, uh, matter campaign is actually about trying to introduce mandatory training, but it's really hard to get anything Mm. mandatory. Mm. But any sort of training is good Mm. because um, it affects us in so many different ways and often doctors aren't asking the right questions so um and so certainly if a woman's had a hysterectomy or had a marina we can't look at their no. um look at their periods but if they're over 45 chances are they're going to be perimenopausal well knowing
1: what i know yeah. now i would have saved myself yeah. a year of stress yes. i would yeah. have saved my partner a yeah. year of having to deal with me under all that mm. stress um things would have been very different yeah. so I mean, for me, I think perimenopause is the biggest message to get Absolutely. out there, and to get women in their thirties aware of it. And I think you know, Diane Danzabring deserves a medal Absolutely. for the work that she's yeah, done, yeah. and to get it on the school curriculum. Yes. Is
0: it England, Scotland, and Wales? It's yes, but we're still trying to battle how that's going to happen. Right. But I mean, that is an incredible. It's a great thing achievement. It's really. It is really good. It's. It's people are talking, but I think. Like you say, the perimenopause, and actually, although I've said it commonly occurs in the mid-40s, one in a hundred women under the age of 40 have an early menopause. Mm. Sometimes that's um, genetic, so if you've got a family history. Sometimes it can be iatrogenic, so caused by drugs such as chemotherapy or radiotherapy. Sometimes women have their ovaries removed. I saw a lady this morning who's got a BRCA2 gene, so she's had her ovaries removed because she's got an increased risk of ovarian cancer, yet no one told her that that would cause the menopause. I'm shaking my head Which, in disbelief. Um, I mean, it's, uh. Yeah, so so actually for your red readers, um, to get women who are in their 20s, 30s is really important yeah. because I, I don't know about you and yeah. I finally realised that I was perimenopausal and told my friends, they all said, gosh, don't you feel really old? Well, no, I was in my mid-40s and that's the average age. But it did make me think, how would I feel in my mid-20s, mid-30s telling my friends that i was menopausal mm-hmm. and then the whole fertility issue everyone's wanting to have well not everyone but a lot of women are trying to get pregnant and mm-hmm. i'm there telling my friends i'm menopausal and mm-hmm. it has huge psychological of effects it does. so of you could does. have done
1: so much more I, it's, but it's, i think you know they are it, it doesn't surprise me that they get a huge reaction to perimenopause stories that they run now yes. But I think as well the other issue that we're up against with this is ageism mm. in general yes. and how women are made to feel about growing older. Yeah. And I mean, if I see... God love Helen Mirren, but if I see yeah. one more ad with Helen Mirren as if she's the only older yes. woman yeah. out there that, that um, brands can use in ad campaigns. So I think it's it, the whole topic is about raising the visibility of older women and also you know communicating and talking amongst ourselves that this is a brilliant time of life. Absolutely. Midlife is a I'm happier in my 50s yeah. than I was in my yes. 30s and my 40s. Yeah. I've launched a new business
0: I'm at the gym more than I was in those you know so many things and it is I think a lot of women um you know they've worked really hard in their careers and you reach this time where you might have a career change but you've got all that experience you've got all that knowledge you've got life experience as well and then often it's wasted because of the menopause you know the number of women I see here who have given up their jobs they've given up their lives you know I saw a lady yesterday actually who um had really struggled, and she was on the mini pill, so she'd had no periods. She was on it for 20 years, and now she's better. She's actually lost two stone in weight. She's exercising. She's absolutely brilliant. She said, I think I've had symptoms for 10 years, and, um, you know, no-one had helped her, so it's... Uh,
1: it's like women fall off a cliff. Yes. It happens when women have children, mm. and that drop-off of them not coming back to work, so we lose... One group of brilliant women at that stage, yeah. and, then and then this another. happens, and it's a but second. But I think people way. aren't
0: recognizing it because, if like us, they're not recognizing it's related to their hormones. They think, oh well, you know, I'm getting older now, or I'm slowing down, and it's just my body telling me. But actually, there is something that can be done. So I looked when I was I was watching the Glastonbury
1: coverage this year. And there was Kylie, there was Joe Wiley, oh, and yeah. I thought that's what a midlife woman yeah, looks absolutely. like. You know, we're up on stage, we're presenting
0: Glastonbury, yeah. there is no need to, so down. to, to be so down. Yeah, on it. and I think it's there's a lot of move about anti aging. Well, actually, we're all aging, it's the way we age yeah. is what's important. Well, we can't stop an actual process. There's actually a
1: shift now within that language so a lot of brands are shifting from talking about anti-aging to talking about pro-aging mm. because what they're finding quite rightly is that women are saying well there's no point being anti-aging because what's the alternative yes. there's nothing wrong with aging I'd rather yeah. age than yes not be aging many of our friends by this stage haven't had the benefit of yeah. not aging but it's all about pro-aging aging well mm. And, and doing everything you can to support yourself yes. as you age, but not deny. It. I'm I'm very happily fifty-two. Yes. You yeah, know, I, I don't want to be
0: thirty-two no. again. No, no, no. It's quite like my thirty-year-old knees. but That's about it. <laughs> so tell me about your business then. So what are so, your ideas for it? Well, well tell me what it is. empowered
1: women is a website. So that's M as in it's the letter M, the letter M, M. Yeah. and then poweredwomen.net. And it is a community of doctors, well-being experts, and brilliant women to power you through menopause. Mm. So the idea is that we have medical advice only from doctors. So from doctors like you, I have my opinion on HRT, but that is not relevant. Everything that we publish medically is from experts, which
0: is really important to know, isn't it? I mean, I, as you know, I've got my website Menopause Doctor, but it's full of. Um, evidence-based, non-biased information, because, it, as you know, menopause isn't just about HRT. There's lots of things, and but it's really important to get the right advice. So we, um, important. Talk before when we were off air about different websites that are coming up and women have to be really careful what they're reading yes who they're re- yes. who's written that information who's written it Absolutely. and
1: who is the expert so yeah. we have doctors so yeah we have well-being experts mm. fitness experts nutrition experts writing and then we also have well-known inspiring women talking about their menopause experiences because part of the way to break the taboo around this is just for all of us to talk about mm. it. So we have some amazing women on there like Patsy Kensett, Chef Sky Ginjal, mm. designer Kelly Hoppin, the columnist Indian Knight, the yeah. novelist Lisa Jewell. We've got some absolutely yeah. brilliant women. Just talking about what happened to them. I mean, this, the chef Sky Ginjal... It's absolutely extraordinary. She le- I don't know if people remember, but she'd won a Michelin star at her restaurant, Petersham Nurseries, and then she suddenly left. Mm. And she told me, she said, It's only now that I realise I had menopause insanity. I left my job. I left my marriage. I had three months money in the bank. I and mean, that's it's extraordinary at the peak of her, career. At the peak of her yeah. career having just won a Michelin star. So, you know, I think the more women share, the more it helps other women. It helps all it? of us. Absolutely. So that's that's what the website is, and um, it launched in May. I'm so proud of it. You know, well, I, it's, it's beautiful making for any of you. Yeah, it's for any of you that haven't
0: seen it, the the colours, the design, the oh, pictures. You. It's. I mean, I know that took longer than you wanted to get, but it was worth the wait. Oh, it was worth the wait. I mean, I'm
1: I'm very. I am determined to avoid um, what I think of as the sort of misery menopause mm. coverage that yes. is out there. And there is a lot of it. And I'm not denying the fact that women, many women, have a horrible time. Mm. But I sometimes look at some of the menopause forums and it just descends mm. into a bit of a slanging match about women's lives and yes. their husbands and yeah, blah, absolutely. blah, blah and i absolutely want to avoid that yeah. i want women to come to us get the evidence-based information they need be inspired by reading about some really interesting women and then go off and get on with their lives yeah. not be yeah. defined by being a menopause because mm, i
0: i mean i i i'm sure you agree if i wasn't doing so much menopause work i would forget that i'm menopausal you know and i i've, perfect. I've, I've fine tune my hrt but i also do good exercise i eat well i look after myself but then i want to just get on with my life I don't I, it's not be, how i define myself no, at all it shouldn't be so have you had some good feedback we've had it? absolutely brilliant
1: feedback on instagram we get lovely comments and engagement and Women thanking us and so telling that, us that they don't feel alone with this anymore and that's
0: really key, is it? Really alone key. Is what a lot really of women key. are saying so I'm, how do people find you on Instagram?
1: so we're empowered underscore women, okay, and women are funny as well about mm. this, you know I think that's that sense of we're all in this together. We are all going through it. You know, when the, um, the broadcaster, Tricia Goddard, did an absolutely brilliant interview for us where she talked about her vaginal chafing when she went on her daily runs. And I thought, God love you, Tricia. Like, yeah. that is one of the biggest yeah. taboos all, of all. Nobody talks about that. But there she was, happily experience. sharing it. It's brilliant.
0: Because 70% of women, at least, will experience vaginal dryness if they don't get treatment. That's seven out of ten women. Seven out of ten so, women. Even these women who, for various reasons, decide they're going to get through the menopause, they're going to battle through their symptoms. Unfortunately, they will still end up with vaginal dryness, where the lining of the vagina becomes very thick, thin, becomes sore, and it's not just about intercourse. You know, I see loads of women who can't sit down, they can't wear trousers. So it's. I mean, I'm sorry if men had to deal with yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely.
1: There would be recliner beds on every high street for them to have
0: a lie down you know it's it's utterly ridiculous yes yes i don't know if you read deborah ross did a brilliant <gasps>
1: i could not article. have loved that article more
0: in the times and and i've said it a lot that if men were castrated at the age of 51 and being told that their brain would go too much they wouldn't be able to function and they certainly wouldn't be able to have had sex but don't worry carry on I'm not sure quite we'd be in this mess that we are now with the menopause. Well, she talked
1: about there'd be a pop-up shop at Selfridges, didn't she, selling menopause products. No, we we actually posted a quote from that on Instagram and got a brilliant response. I mean, I love her writing anyway, Mm, but I think... I think that was one of my favourites. Yeah,
0: so that was brilliant.
1: So you're doing it alone or you do it with someone? No, I have a business partner, um, Alison Bakunowicz, who um, we both have day jobs to pay the mortgages, um, but Alison and I have worked together for a very long time and this is our first... We've always talked about, you know, like many women, we've always talked about what can we do together. So finally we got around to doing this. So she is the commercial brains of the operation she can do an excel spreadsheet which I wouldn't even know where yeah. to start with but you have to understand the money when you set up mm, your own business yeah. so which she's absolutely on that and then I am the content editorial side so it's a good it's a pairing
0: Good match and we trust pair, each yeah. other yeah. which yeah, is really important having set up my own business it's incredibly stressful and you need trust because yeah. you can't do anything alone and, and you need and you need
1: to not you need someone who's better at the things that you're not good yeah. at so you've got to,
0: there's no point in having somebody
1: who's got the same skills no as absolutely you. and
0: I was saying to someone this morning actually um, I think one of my qualities is that I have insight I know what I'm bad at and reading <laughs> spreadsheets is something I'm very bad at so there's no point me learning I might as well concentrate no. what I'm good at so. there is
1: no point me learning yeah. PowerPoint at yeah. 52 yeah. because Alison is very good at it and but she can't write like I can write so it's
0: you know it's a compliment. It's it's an an equal. and are you finding it's a UK based audience that you're reaching or at is the it moment it, at yeah. the
1: moment it's UK based i mean obviously we want global menopause mm. domination of yeah, um, course but at the moment it's UK and we were very new it's mm-hmm. only it's only since may so Which i mean what's what's amazing is the women who you know the well known women who are talking to us is fantastic people like you who we've worked with is, is so inspiring you know oh, you and Diane Danzbrink and Dr Stephanie Goodwin yeah. you know just these incredible women so I feel like it's this Community of like-minded women, and what I think is lovely about Menopause World is everyone supports everyone. Absolutely, else, there's no one. Is, it's really important. You know, as
0: you know, I've I work very closely with Liz Earle and Meg Matthews has done the most amazing incredible. work. Incredible, incredible. You know, all our websites are different, so we're not competing. It's just different platforms, and yeah, we can all share knowledge. Absolutely, and congratulate each other and work together. Because which, well,
1: every woman will be menopausal, yeah. so it's a pretty big market.
0: Absolutely, so. Liz Exactly. is brilliant she, yeah. she
1: often comments on our posts which always yes. makes me quite proud
0: yeah no she's, <laughs> she's brilliant but it is it is about working together because if we don't work together nothing will get done which I've learnt. And I think women are good at working together, I think. get things done. (laughs) There's not so many egos
1: in the room when it's women involved.
0: So one of the things I wanted to talk to you or just ask you about with your journalist hat on is, as I mentioned at the beginning, a lot of journalists have got it wrong about HRT. But when I sort of take a step back and reflect, it's not really the journalist's fault, is it? Just to explain the process so so some of you who are listening might know a couple of weeks ago an article came out in The Lancet, which was a review of old literature, so it wasn 't a new study, and it um, with it it produced a press release, and uh, lots of journalists read it, and they said, "Oh my gosh, now we know that." Breast cancer is caused by HRT, which is not true. And if you want more information about the facts, go onto my website, look at the news section. But just talk me through that journey then, Saskia. So if there's some medical research that's published, how do journalists find out about it? So a journalist will
1: typically be sent a press release ahead of that article being published. And the press release will have an embargo Mm. on it so that you can't talk about it before the article is published. There are good press releases and there are bad press releases. And who writes the
0: press release? So the press
1: release will probably be written by the PR agency working for the organisation that's publishing the piece of content. So if you're a good, responsible journalist, like Bridget Moss, Mm. who is contributing health director at Red and who writes for Empowered actually as well, she's brilliant. So she would get that... Press release in, she would see that it was a study that had been published in The Lancet. Mm. It would have very credible names and organisations on that press release. So she would feel that was a credible press release. You then have a million... I mean, we used to joke at Red, you know, you have a million press releases that come in that are just tied to completely random facts, you know, where they try and align something Kate Middleton wore with some random product, you know. So you get those kind of rubbishy press releases that are churned out all the time. But if if one comes in, a study published in The Lancet, a credible researcher attached to it... You're going to look at it you're and going to look report on it. it, yeah. Mm. You're going to look at it and report on mm. it. So, I think that's why what happened a couple of weeks ago mm. happened,
0: yeah. And I think also it depends on the time, doesn't it? Because I think a lot of journalists try and get hold of experts, but if they're on holiday, then they'll go through different levels of people, won't they, to try and get a quote from and, someone. And
1: good journalists will then check with the people they're quoting so I know you know Mm. Bridget has written for us and quoted you and she will always check and she's written for Red and quoted Mm. you she will always check the quotes so those good journalists would have would have checked everything and and gone with what the press release was saying so it's
0: but it's very hard, because at the end of the day, journalists have to sell newspaper, or the newspapers have to sell, or the magazines have to sell, don't they? So anything that's a bit more sensational... Is, and also, you that you know, critical? the media love a
1: clickbaity mm. bit of HRT scaremongering. Yes. You know, they yeah. know that women will click onto that. Yes. So there is that yeah. as well. It's immediately
0: giving them an HRT headline that they can go big
1: with yes. and... Well, because as Get you know, as we
0: well you know already from both our work, that women are desperate for information. There's so many mixed messages out there. So anything else, I think, right, this is it. I'm going to really be given the facts, and and this has been really damaging. What has happened because it's made people more uncertain. About well, I, it. I read it yeah. and
1: my heart sank. Mm. I thought, oh. God, you know, is it back to square one? Do I need to come off HRT? So I immediately, it was really early in the morning, it was before I was going to the gym, I immediately went onto your website. I was like, God damn it, she's already written about it. (laughs) (laughs) She's already on it. So I knew quite quickly that it was fine. I didn't have to come off HRT. But, you know,
0: I had that moment of panic and I'm immersed to a certain extent in this world. Yeah, I mean, it reminds me a bit of the MMR vaccine when all that scare came out and with Andrew Wakefield, and we knew that it was not good data. Again, it was published in The Lancet. But then, actually, when I took my oldest daughter to have her MMR vaccine, I still felt a bit, oh, should she be having this knowing full well? And likewise, when I read this, I read the press release, and then I went straight to The Lancet article, which I must say is very heavy to read, um, and read that. But I still, on the back of my mind, was thinking, should I be ripping off my patch? But What we've talked about and actually what all my patients that I've seen since this study has been published, they're all saying, actually, we need the choice. And even if this study showed there was an increased risk, which it doesn't confirm, I would still take my HRT because of the benefits, as we've already said, the health, Mm. mental health benefits, but also for our future health, for Mm. our bones, for our heart, our oestrogen receptors get all over our body. So we know there's a lower risk of diabetes, there's a lower risk of dementia. And actually the studies have shown women who take HRT have a lower risk of death and about a 20% lower risk of bowel cancer right so you know yeah, I'm, got I'm to sold. look at the bigger picture so yeah but it is it's about and and I think what's lovely about your website clearly it's not just about HRT what you're doing in your life isn't just because HRT is making you feel better you've mm. already said you're exercising better yeah. we've talked earlier about otolenghi and all these lovely foods so your yeah. diet's really important I'm drinking you.
1: less for once in my life when I go to the doctor and they ask you know how much do you drink and I think like many women, I sort of squinted a bit and ticked social drinking, and yeah. full well, that was not the mm. correct answer. Now it's the correct answer. You know, white wine,
0: I can't really drink anymore. Yeah. One glass and I'm a cheap date. Yeah. So, so that's everything different. is yes. healthier. Yes. Everything is healthier. And so when all these pieces of the jigsaw, however you like to look at it, are put together, it can make a real difference. Mm. And, um, mm. and that's what a lot of your, what you're doing is is all about just... Educating women so they're given a choice about how they live their lives. Make make
1: your choices and and be informed by the right people Mm. and be inspired by other women like you who are doing interesting, great things at this time of life. Don't get sucked into... A narrative about I'm old, I'm
0: invisible. You know, this is no. midlife is brilliant. Yes, yeah, so. we only live once, don't we? So we've got to make the most of it. Exactly. We don't know what's around the corner. Exactly, so we don't know what's next. Yeah. So thank you. That's been really, really interesting to hear all about that. And what I would like to do, as I know you're, you've been a very good girl and you've done your homework, is to have your three take-home messages um, from from your work and your thoughts about all of this. So my first message is.
1: I do think that the NHS is guilty of menopause neglect, which sounds harsh, but, you know, I think there are some wonderful GPs and I think there are some not-so-wonderful GPs. So I think we all have to be prepared to be a little bit pushy when we go to the GP. I think we're we're used to being well-behaved and nice and sometimes you might have to be a little bit pushy to get what you want. My second take-out is ignore the HRT scaremongering headlines just ignore yeah. them. It's clickbait. Go straight to Louise's website yeah. or obviously empoweredwomen.net and get your information mm. from the experts. And then thirdly, embrace midlife. This is an brilliant. absolutely yeah. brilliant time. You know, This is, I think, one of the happiest ages to be a woman. Mm. You just need to know the health challenges you're dealing
0: with, deal with them, and then get on with the rest of your life. Brilliant. Excellent. Thank you, they're Really, really sound advice. So thank you ever so much for venturing out of London to come to Thank you very much for having me. me. Thank you. For more information about the menopause, please visit our website, www.menopausedoctor.co.uk.